Three Dog Thursday on the Sports Gambling Podcast network of shows is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, Arizona, and coming soon to Louisiana. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $10, and get $200 in free bets. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you in part by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use the promo code SGP for your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. We're also brought to you in part by Stable Duel. Stable Duel is the horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $15,000 with a single entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. We're also brought to you in part by Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-belt grooming. Head over to Manscaped.com and use the promo code SGP for 20% off your order and free shipping. And we're also brought to you in part by the SGPN app. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or the Google Play Store to download it today. Football fans, it's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close, if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, T.J. Reeves. Yes, indeed, we are back in. We now know the final four teams in the NFL postseason as the AFC and NFC Championship games are set. Chiefs hosting Bengals. And one more time, it's Rams and 49ers. Two spots up for grabs at Super Bowl 56. Can the Rams become the second team in a row to host the Super Bowl in their own stadium? Joining my B-U-C-C-A-N-E-E-R-S, Go Bucks. Let's see what can happen. You probably know by now. I'm a little down in the mouth about that, but I'm here nonetheless to talk all about the NFL playoffs, some college basketball, and a lot more here on Three Dog Thursday. Thank you again for finding me wherever you did so through a social media link. Uh, whether you found me through the Sports Gambling Podcast, their network of shows, they do a great job helping promote Three Dog Thursday and our program here on the SGPN and SportsGamblingPodcast.com. As always, Subscribe away. Follow or subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts. We come your way on Thursdays. We're heading into championship weekend in the AFC and the NFC and the NFL playoffs. Super Bowl will be here in a couple of weeks. We are big on college basketball. We're going to make the transition into being mostly college basketball from here on out all the way through March as part of Three Dog Thursday. We love the underdog plays, the team that is thought less of, usually the road team, usually has a big number in front of their name. We love that. We love to go over it here on Three Dog Thursday. And again, if you uh, subscribe, you're going to get the podcast automatically to you on Thursday. We do our best to stay relevant, not just for Friday, but also the weekend, Saturday, Sunday, playoff games, college basketball, all of it as part of the program. Okay, we've got much to discuss. Brian Edwards will be here straight ahead. He's got thoughts on the championship games, including an underdog that he likes. 
I got to tell you here early on in Three Dog Thursday, I am not liking really the, much of the chances of Cincinnati or San Francisco. Maybe I can be talked into it by our guests, plural. Brian will be here first, talking up his underdog possibilities in the championship games and a little college basketball as well, including a Thursday night underdog that he's looking at, as well as the Saturday SEC Big 12 Challenge. That includes Kentucky at Kansas Hello. It includes Baylor, the number one team earlier in the year in the country, and the defending national champs. They're at Alabama. Games all over the place. Uh, Probably a sneaky good one is Texas Tech and Mississippi State in this Big 12 SEC Challenge. We'll get some thoughts from Brian on that. We'll morph into some more college basketball with he and our other handicappers as we go along here on Three Dog Thursday for February and into the greatest month of the year, into the month of March, as all of it lines up. Later on in the program, Jason Cole, national football writer. Love his insight. Fanbuzz.com is where you find his columns, his work. Jason, longtime writer with Bleacher Report, with Yahoo Sports, Pro Football Hall of Fame voter, has written several books about NFL stars and situations, including a most recent one about John Elway and the uh, relentless life he has lived from the number one overall pick to multi-time Super Bowl participant, back-to-back Super Bowl champion in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, Elway, a relentless life good wherever you get books. Jason Cole here to give great insight on the NFL's wildest playoff weekend probably ever. Four dramatic last-second walk-off playoff games. Are you kidding me? And yeah, I'm still down and out as we get to Three Dog Thursday here that my Buccaneers aren't alive. It was set up perfectly for them to be in the NFC title game and hosting it at home against the San Francisco 49ers. As we theorized on this podcast last week, when San Francisco did the Buccaneers a favor by upsetting top seed Green Bay in Green Bay at Lambeau in the snow, it was perfectly, not just pretty good, not just great if it had, it was perfectly set up for the Bucs to win and host the 49ers and have a great chance to repeat to be back in Super Bowl 56, only to have the Rams completely outplay them in the first half. And then despite a furious comeback with the Rams fumbling the ball and the Bucs taking advantage, L.A. makes the final couple of plays, including the bomb to Cooper Cup and the winning field goal. And the Rams are back in the NFC Championship game, looking to be back in the Super Bowl for the second time in five seasons if they can get there. Now we wait to see if that can happen with the 49ers or not. But man, I mean, Cincinnati wins dramatically. Last second field goal on the last play of the game to beat Tennessee. San Francisco the same way Saturday night in Green Bay. Rams against my Buccaneers Sunday in the early game. And then how in the world? How in the world days later did Buffalo lose that football game? Josh Allen, heroic, fantastic throws. Gabriel Davis, I saw the stat, 200 yards and four touchdowns. Did you know 26 other times in the regular season or the postseason in the NFL, a player has had 200 or more yards from scrimmage? So they combined rushing and receiving. It was all receiving for Gabriel Davis, the uh, second-year receiver, uh, what, second or third year for the Buffalo Bills. He got 200 yards receiving. He got four touchdowns. 26 previous times, 200 scrimmage yards or more, and four touchdowns from a single player all 26 times in the regular season and in the playoffs. That player's team won the game. But then there's Patrick Mahomes. And you're going to hear Jason Cole talking about this in a little bit. Mahomes wasn't going to let him lose. Just was not going to let them lose. And he's he's in that mode, it seems like, where Cincinnati's not going to get him either in the rematch. He will not let them lose at Arrowhead, where they have won eight straight now, straight up, including these two in the postseason. So uh, remarkable that Mahomes had time on the clock and time enough to get two completions and get them into field goal range 
uh, as inexcusable as the Bucks giving up the bomb to Cooper Cup, that's with 40 seconds left in the game or 30 seconds left in the game. In the case of of the uh, Bills, that's 13 seconds left, and you let them get 50 yards essentially on two plays. You can't do that. Loose defense, Leslie Fla- Leslie Frazier, a longtime defensive coordinator. What kind of soft defense? What about his players uh, and their execution? It was just botched at the end from no squib kick. We'll talk about that. To the bad defense, the soft defense, and they get beat in the overtime. And by the way, that leads to one more subject. There's there's so much talk about the overtime rules, etc. I've always been a fan of NFL sudden death. It's different. Uh, it, it now requires a touchdown to end the game immediately. They've modified sudden death. You can't just drive down the field goal in the opening drive and kick a 55-yard field goal or 58-yard field goal to win it. You've got to score a touchdown to end the game immediately. So much is being made about, well, the flip of the coin decides this game. Uh-uh. The flip of the coin doesn't decide the game. You know what decides the game? Is it more than likely a team was winning the game and should have won the game, and they let the other team in overtime? And then, just like Buffalo, and then if you don't win the coin toss, you still have a chance to stop them. And if you don't stop them, how do you blame a coin flip? Because, by the way, when you're kicking the ball off, you're at an advantage against the other team. Because if you are able to stop them, now you have a shorter field, presumably, depending on flipping the field position with a punt. You have a shorter field to be able to go get the field goal yourself. That's all you need. You don't need a touchdown on possession number two. And by the way, for all of the stats, when you keep looking in the regular season especially, it's about 50-50 on who wins the toss and they still win the game. Heck, we've had a couple of games uh, this year go right down to the wire with multiple possessions in the overtime. Heck, San Francisco beat L.A. on the final day of the season uh, with both teams having possession and the 49ers won it by a field goal. In that final Raiders-Chargers game, they each had it twice in the overtime. The coin flip alone does not determine it. I know in the last 11 playoff games in the postseason, the team winning the toss has scored a touchdown seven times out of the 11. But that also means there's four times that a team said, you know what, we're going to get a stop and the overtime plays on it. One of them was the Rams in the Superdome against Drew Brees, Sean Payton and the Saints, where they stopped Brees on the road, picked him off, kicked the winning field goal, and when they play some defense, stop them. That is what the Bills needed to do to win the game. Stop them at the end of regulation or stop them in the overtime. It wasn't the coin flip. And more times than not, in the regular season and the postseason, a team is going to get the chance to get the ball. It's about 50-50, sometimes even a little more than that when you go back. in the I know in the recent sample in the NFL, it's 7-4. to That was the seventh time in 11. Now, in the recent since the modification of it. But still, you got to go get seven. It includes Brady in the Super Bowl against the Falcons. The Falcons give up a 28-3 lead in the second half, give up two touchdowns in the, in the final about five minutes of that game, and then give up another touchdown in overtime. That's not the coin. That's not the coin flip. That's your defense sucks. That's what that was in that Super Bowl for Tom Brady. And I really thought standing down on the field at Raymond James Stadium, it was electric. The 24-point comeback, the largest ever for the Buccaneers in a playoff game. It looked like getting the ball one more time, and they're going to win this thing in overtime. Just like Mahomes got the ball later on Sunday night, not once but twice with go win it. That's what Brady was ready to do. The Rams were just better 
at the very end, and it built up a big enough lead where instead of losing by seven, the game was tied to be able to kick that field goal. All right, so there's my thoughts on on overtime. By the way, uh, as we come to you on Three Dog Thursday, the news is out that Sean Payton has decided to step away, retire, whatever this means, with three years left on his deal with the New Orleans Saints. And at the risk, you know where my allegiance is with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I fully understand the Saints have had a lot of success against the Bucs, including two wins this year. Then again, the Buccaneers won the game in January of 2021 that mattered the most last season on their way to a Super Bowl win at the expense of Drew Brees, retiring Brees, and beating Sean Payton. So in any event, Peyton is now leaving the Saints in the lurch with three years left on his deal. Two or three things. Number one, this never ceases to amaze me when we fawn all over coaches and other coaches fawn all over coaches and former players that are now turned broadcasters and analysts. They want to fawn all over coaches. Is, any, is anybody really going to speak up, especially outside the New Orleans market where it's a total love fest, and say, three years left on his deal looming salary cap hell for the Saints again this season, where they are some $60, $70 million over the salary cap because of the deals that they gave Drew Brees with dead money, the deals that they gave to Taysom Hill, a huge guaranteed deal, deal, a a huge deal for uh, Michael Thomas, the wide receiver with guaranteed money, the same with Alvin Kamara, the same with Cam Jordan. They have no salary cap. They're in salary cap hell. Is anybody going to speak up and say, that Sean Payton knows the New Orleans Saints are going to be bad next year. They got to nine wins this year with smoke and mirrors. They got there by playing 1980s NFL, 1980s almost high school offense football of lineup, run the ball, play defense, kick field goals. It doesn't work year in and year out in the NFL to play that way. They ham and egg their way to nine wins. They got the benefit of playing some bad teams at the end of the year, like the New York Jets, like the Carolina Panthers, uh, to, to help them get to the eighth win, to get to the ninth win, to get them in position. They didn't make the playoffs when the 49ers won. But is anybody going to speak what the truth is here, that Sean Payton doesn't want to be part of losing when he can see it, like being... Uh, on a highway and you're coming up at a fairly decent rate of speed and you see the crash and you see the flames and you're you're going to drive into it if you don't slow down or get out of the way. He's slowing down to get out of the way. And it would be one thing if he had like one year left on his deal. Obviously understandable if he was a free agent and just wanted to say, hey, I, I want to go do it somewhere else. or brought. He's got three years left on his deal. Does anybody really believe, point number two or three, I've lost track. Does anybody really believe Sean Payton's never coaching again in the NFL? That Sean Payton isn't going to take a year off and go to the Fox TV booth, hide out there, broadcast, try to get some intel on some other teams, how they do it on their players, scout them out for free agents, scout them out for trade possibilities. (laughs) Yeah, good luck. Good luck with getting him on the inside of teams' facilities and their production meetings for that. Does anybody believe that he's not going to do this for a year and be right back coaching? Does anybody believe right now that if Jerry Jones isn't contemplating midweek, trading draft picks to get Sean Payton out of that three years with the Saints, that Sean Payton wouldn't coach the Dallas Cowboys this upcoming season, that he wouldn't be there in Dallas this weekend to do the deal. This is about, very simply, he doesn't want to be part of what's going to be bad football in New Orleans. He has no quarterback and knows it that can drop back, throw the ball, and run the offense he wants to run. They're in salary cap hell to get another one. 
He's not going to be able to draft one and develop one for 2022. They're going to be bad, and they're more than likely going to be bad for a couple of years because the roster is going to be damaged by the salary cap problems of this year and this upcoming 2022 season. He knows that. And so there's got to be somebody balancing this and pointing this out. I know my colleague Ben Maller, who I worked with for a long time at Fox Sports Radio for about uh, six football seasons, he's been espousing this late night on Fox Sports Radio, but it's been very few who have been pointing out why, why is he getting a free pass on bailing on the New Orleans Saints when they're in salary cap hell, when they are more than likely going to have to cut two or three prominent players again just to get under the salary cap and not really be able to sign anybody. Good luck. Good luck with what what that roster is going to look like. And, hey, as far as my Buccaneers and the NFC South, we'll gladly take another first-year coach and an opportunity that – and I believe Tom Brady will be back, by the way. I believe Brady will be back and be in the fold for the upcoming season. So uh, I, I would love uh, the Buccaneers to rough up the New Orleans Saints. And I know the Saints, the Saints fan, the, uh, the Cajun, is going to say, hey, hey, you didn't beat us once this past year. Well, uh, let's see what happens in 2022 if Tom Brady's back and how New Orleans does. Ask uh, Arthur Smith, first-year coach, and uh, Matt Rule now two years and four meetings against uh, Tom Brady, how all of that worked out going against them. And if, if I'm Brady, I'm looking at this division and going – Hey, I've got a chance to win six out of 17 games by beating the South here for the upcoming year. I believe Brady will be back with the weapons, et cetera, and the chance to get back in the playoffs and one more last dance like Michael Jordan and the Bulls did back in the 1997-98 basketball season. I think you'll see Brady back. I think think you'll probably see an announcement here in the next week or so. This is what I want to do. I want to come back. I'm ready to go. And they may give him a little more time than that. He's probably waiting to see... Uh, how the coaching staff situation shakes out. If Byron Leftwich is getting the Jaguars job, and you may be hearing us on Three Dog Thursday, and you may know that that's now official. It's the rumor at the time that we're releasing the podcast that he's in heavy negotiations with them. He's a former Jaguar star, former number one pick for them. If he leaves, does that influence Brady? Does the coaching staff shake up? Influence Brady? I think Rob Gronkowski, Gronk, is waiting to see if Brady plays one more year, and he will be back as well. So let's just see if it lines up for the Bucs. But there you go on Sean Payton. And one more thing while I'm on the launching pad here, before we get to Brian Edwards and all the conversation that he's going to have about the championship games and a little college basketball, the Baseball Hall of Fame stuff. Again, there are not enough dissenting voices putting the opposite side of, well, well, everybody was doing PEDs and steroids in the 1980s and the 90s and the early 2000s. No, everybody wasn't. There were obviously a select few at the highest level that absolutely pigged out, that absolutely became uh, degenerate with all of the PEDs. And and Barry Bonds is one of those. And Roger Clemens, unfortunately, is lumped in because he was doing this also and trying to cover it up. And so was Sammy Sosa, even by his own admission. Uh, There's player after player that you look at, players that have now come clean, like uh, uh, Ken Caminiti coming clean later about this, Jose Canseco, Mark McGuire, Rafael Palmeiro that were were taking this stuff, trying to elongate their career, lengthen their career. In Bonds' case, he changed his entire physical makeup to become a home run hitter because he realized that stealing bases and winning gold gloves wasn't going to continue to make him a multimillionaire and wasn't going to continue to to have him on the trajectory to uh, baseball records, etc. He became a different physical being. And I, I remember doing 
not only local sports radio in the early 2000s, but I began to do national sports radio with Sirius XM, with Fox Sports Radio. We debated the the Bond stuff as he approached Hank Aaron and blew by him for the, uh, the all-time home run record, had the 73 home runs in a single season, and I kept saying the same thing. Barry Bonds is built like a linebacker. Barry Bonds has had his head size, his shoe size grow. There's nothing natural about what he's doing. It is no different than in the world of track and field or in the world of swimming and any other doping with anything, the Tour de France and cycling. You're doing something with the enhancement of performance-enhancing drugs, of chemicals, pills, whatever it is, creams in Bonds' case, things that obviously make you bigger, obviously make you stronger, obviously enhance your ability in his case to hit a ball with greater bat speed and a heavier bat than what he normally would have been able to. So the dissenting opinion is this, that if you want to say, okay, Barry Bonds, baseball didn't test enough, didn't test for the right things and let you hit all those home runs and create attention with all the home runs in the 2000s, McGuire, Sosa, him smashing all of the records, baseball didn't want to test and want to look the other way. The Baseball Hall of Fame voters are like the keepers of the legacy and the history of the game. And still to this point, they have now deemed that Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens in particular don't belong in because they cheated the game. And I don't believe Alex Rodriguez is going to get in either from the writers. The Veterans Committee may put these guys in years from now. Maybe not. It may be that Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, and uh, guys like Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire and A-Rod never get in. Because A-Rod is, by the way, by his own admission, two different times been caught using the PEDs the, the performance-enhancing drugs, and he's apologized for every every which direction as, as if everybody was doing what these guys were doing. Everybody wasn't doing what these guys were doing. They chose to do it. Baseball chose to look the other way. Good on the Hall of Fame committee to say, hey, we're the keepers of the, of the history of the sport, the legacy of the sport, the lineage of the sport. And if we want to deem in our own mind that what these guys did, what these guys did cheated the game, then so be it. And I keep seeing people put up that, hey, uh, there should be a special wing of the Baseball Hall of Fame that says this was the steroid era, this was the PED era. But no, no, the opposite should be true. If you're going to keep, I'm on another tangent here on Three Dog Thursday. I promise Brian Edwards is coming with the football picks here in a couple moments. If you're going to keep Pete Rose out of the Hall of Fame forever, not for anything that he did while he was playing the game. There is no evidence. There is zero, there is none, that he gambled on anything while playing the game. There is no evidence, zero, none, that Pete Rose cheated the game by using performance-enhancing drugs to be able to get all the hits, play in all the games, have all the spectacular moments. One of the great baseball players of the 1970s and the 1980s. If you're going to keep him out of the Hall of Fame forever, which now at this point we're 30 years and ongoing, and say the keepers of the game, the history of the game, say what you did cheated after your playing career and the integrity of the game was compromised because you were betting on games you were managing. If you're going to keep him out, there's no special wing for Pete Rose, then you better be keeping Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens and Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa and Rafael Palmero, and I may leave somebody out, Alex Rodriguez, all of these different guys that are known to have enhanced their bodies to get their stats and their numbers to obliterate records. The keepers of the game should keep them out of the hall. You don't belong there with Babe Ruth and with Hank Aaron 
and with Willie Mays and with all of the other greats in Major League Baseball for all time, Sandy Koufax or Steve Carlton or just you start naming all the players, Frank Robinson, all the, all the great players that have gone to the Baseball Hall like Cal Ripken and Tony Gwynn and uh, more recent guys, Reginald Martinez-Jackson. They, they, Reggie was eating candy bars. He was eating the Reggie bar. So I, I am ranting on about the Hall of Fame, but again, there needs to be some balance to this. There doesn't need to be a wing in the Hall of Fame called the cheater's wing. And if the, if the writers want to be the keepers of the game and do the honorable thing, I say bravo. Keep them out. I love the Roger Clemens thing. I swore this off 10 years ago. No, actually, Roger, you were sworn off 10 years ago by the keepers of the game. They're not going to put you in for all the cheating and all the lying and all the covering up of the fact that you enhanced your career and continued to pitch on. I mean, I know you could argue that Barry Bonds had a Hall of Fame career before he ever got to the Giants and started juicing it up uh, with the clear and the cream to hit all the home runs. You can make the argument that all the the uh, the hits, the stolen bases, the gold gloves, uh, th- that it was worthy of a Hall of Fame career. You could argue that Clemens had a Hall of Fame career when he was with the Red Sox and the early part of his career Uh, obviously with uh, the Blue Jays and the New York Yankees, but as his career wore on and he continued to pitch in New York and with the Houston Astros, et cetera, he was obviously caught taking performance-enhancing drugs to continue it, to sustain it, to pitch at the highest level. You're cheating the game by doing that. No different than Alex Rodriguez caught twice continuing to cheat the game. Keep him out. Man, my rant game is strong on this edition of Three Dog Thursday. All right, there you go. The host is done. we got much more to get to. Let's get back to the NFL, the championship weekend. Let's get back to the college basketball that is also going on, ongoing, as we head to February and then eventually March. Brian Edwards straight ahead. Later on in the program, NFL Hall of Fame voter, great National Football League writer and author Jason Cole with me to talk more playoffs. Let's get it rolling right now. Indeed, here he is. He's actually on the move right now. Agile, mobile, and hostile. Love the inside of Brian Edwards, MajorWager.com, and also Vegas Insider with the picks, the handicapping. We love all of this. I have said it already as we bring you in. Welcome, my friend. I mean, I don't know how the NFL tops the drama of four incredible finishes last weekend with the road team winning three of them. Yes, I'm down in the mouth about the Rams getting my Buccaneers as one of those road teams. And for God's sake, Buffalo should have made it four for four with putting uh, Kansas City away and out of the playoffs. It would have been four road teams all winning dramatically. Wow. I don't know how we topped that, but now we're about to see what happens in the conference championship games coming up for Cincinnati, Kansas City, and San Francisco and the Rams part three. Brian, how you feeling? I'm feeling good, and I've been like, I'm wondering, and I, I, I will pick your brain here on this. Um, do you squib kick it if you're McDermott and like, you know, hope that, well, first off, that the squib kick, you know, gets beyond that second line of, of guys and, and hope that, you know, they have to field it and chew up, you know, whether they would chew up three seconds or not is debatable, and whether the squib kick, would have, you know, allowed them to advance, you know, past the 25. Because, you know, if the squib kick's not going to work and they get it your own 40, then they're going to crush McDermott for that. Um, but, you know, if if they, you know, shoot more than three or four seconds on the kicker turn, you know, they then they definitely probably only get one play. 
So, it, you know, I saw that he was getting some criticism for that, and I've been thinking about it. And well, I'm the like, latest, the I'm latest not... now apparently is that they intended to squib kick, but the kicker did not get that from the sideline and went ahead and kicked off and kicked through the end zone. You got to be on the same page. That's on McDermott. That's on his special teams coordinator to not be making that abundantly clear in the huddle before they run out to kick off. This is what we're doing. Uh, that was part of it. But even bigger, obviously, is you cannot play the soft defense and still let guys go 10, 15 yards after the catch twice, Brian, twice, especially the second completion to Kelsey that makes it a very makeable field goal as, a, as opposed to like a 55 or 60-yarder. You can't let them get 15 yards after the catch when you're playing soft, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um for sure and not to like just change the topic to a, an awful subject for you but I was even more <laughs> I was even more uh, you know annoyed uh, that Cooper Cup was able to run yeah. free on that second and 11 and just you know fly by the safety and well, how is he in man coverage uh, there I was it's, it's inexcusable. That's the word I keep using. It's inexcusable yeah. to let to let it happen, period. But let that guy, the leading stinking receiver in the league, let that guy be the yeah. one that runs by you. Yes, credit the Rams, but that's going to haunt the Buccaneers right now in the offseason that you were on the verge of getting into the overtime and maybe getting Tom Brady the ball the same way that Patrick Mahomes got that in the game after Sunday night in Kansas City. And instead, you horribly give up a bomb that enables them to kick the field goal with no time left and beat you. So uh, shake your head stuff. I mean, Green Bay fan is wondering, is that the end of Aaron Rodgers where a blocked punt for a touchdown turns the fortunes and then they allow the drive into field goal range for the field goal in the snow? Just uh, great drama, great drama throughout the weekend. All right, so that kind of segues us into the games. And I know you said to me before I push the record button, hey, I like the Bengals a lot in this situation. So let's get right to the AFC Championship game on Sunday. What stands out to you? Why do you like them potentially in this situation? Well, they've been really good on the road. Straight up, 7-2. and two. Against the spread, they've been underdogs ten times, seven and three against the spread with six outright wins. And you know, as I picked the Titans last week, and I was on you know a ton of radio shows last week, I every single time I said, now it scares the hell out of me to go against Joe Burrow. And um, but I just thought that uh, I thought the Titans had the better team at home, and you know, uh, turnovers are the great equalizer obviously but you know i just um look i mean you know it scares me to go against mahomes too and the way that offense which struggled so much in september and october and, and then got it going uh in november they they are just in peak form uh right now but you know if the Bengals are catching seven which they are and i i haven't looked at the line here in a, a little while i don't know if, it, if some books are at seven and a half i know one of them was yesterday um, I, I have to go with the Bengals catching that number. And, uh, you know, my man Joey Burrow, he's uh, he's special. He, I mean, you know, I've said that. I've been saying that forever. And uh, he's, he's going to be a Hall of Fame uh, quarterback, knock on wood, you know, bad injuries or whatever, <laughs> in my opinion. 
And, All right, settle, uh, settle down on the Hall of Fame because it's only year two of this. But you have been touting him oh, with me I even before he got drafted. I, I understand. <laughs> even with me making fun of you. Uh, you have continued to remain firm and remain strong about watch what Burrow can do, and you've been proven correct on that with Cincinnati, the, arguably one of the laughingstock pinatas of the NFL. He's turned them now into a playoff contender with what they've been able to do. First road playoff game ever, ever. First road playoff win ever uh, goes to Joe Burrow. Not to Boomer Esiason, not to Kenny Anderson back in the day for the Bengals back in the day. But it goes to Joe Burrow with what he was able to do uh, last weekend. Does it not concern you a little bit? Both of these games are revenge. Both of these games are revenge for the home team. It does not concern you the revenge angle for the Chiefs when Cincinnati beat them just a few weeks ago near the end of the regular season. Uh, it doesn't concern me enough to make me want to lay the point. Um, you know, that, that that certainly helps a little bit, Kansas City's cause, I guess. But... Um, you know, um, you know, since he's had the underdog success, I got faith in Burrow, and um, that's the way I'm going, my man. I hear you on that, and Kansas City's defense, as we could see uh, from what Josh Allen did, Kansas City's defense, Swiss cheese in a lot of cases, too, and Burrow may be able to exploit that, and we get a wild game again on Sunday, the late game, obviously, San Francisco and the Rams, where the Rams try to duplicate what the Buccaneers did just a year later, win the game and play the Super Bowl in your home stadium at SoFi Stadium. We'll see if they can do that. few more minutes. Brian Edwards, Vegas Insider, MajorWager.com. We are morphing this more into college basketball. As I said last week, as I said at the top of this show, it will morph more into a college basketball uh, program with your help and others' help. Uh, here down the stretch of the college basketball season and into the greatest month that there is, the month of March and the hoops. So we do not have the lines at the moment for the Thursday games as Three Dog Thursday releases. But one game you and I were both uh, looking at and curious about is UCLA hosting the Cal Bears Thursday night Pauley Pavilion off a tremendous performance in the makeup game with Arizona on Tuesday where they wiped out Arizona by double figures, dominated the game, especially in the second half. Is this potentially a letdown? First of all, what? give me the educated speculation that you always do great with. Is this line going to be double figures, UCLA at home with Cal? And uh, might you be interested, depending on how high it gets in the Cal Bears Thursday? Yeah, I, I would I would say it's going to be at least uh, 15, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's in that 17 to 20 range. And I'll say... I'll say 17 will probably be my price to where I would be interested in Cal. They're five and two against the spread when catching six and a half points or more. And um, Mark Fox takes a takes a lot of flack uh, because you know he uh, doesn't cheat, and so he doesn't have as much success as other coaches. But um, he's an outstanding tactician, and uh, you know a quick turnaround uh, for. UCLA, and I don't know why that is. Maybe was this UCLA Arizona game? Maybe because um, they Correct. did play again next. Uh, yeah, I guess it was a postponement, like Fort Ole Miss the other night. Um, so yes, Cowher to be catching 17 or more. I would like Cal. It's a vintage letdown scenario for the Bruins. All right, see if he gets a lot of points there in that one. One quick thing from you, SEC Big 12 matchups galore on Saturday. The marquee is Kentucky at Kansas. 
Kansas probably going to be at home off the double overtime win over Texas Tech. Kansas probably going to be the home favorite, two, three points at least, something like that, you would think. And what do you think about that matchup? Well, if if Ty Ty Washington, you know, he averages, I believe, 14.3 and uh, like four assists and change per game. He hurt his ankle against Auburn. Uh, missed, uh, I think that happened late first half, and uh, he was out the rest of that game. Did not play against Mississippi State last week. Uh, I think Kentucky's biggest lead la- or uh, Tuesday night was, um, I want to say it was at least 16. It might have been a-, a little more than that, but they end up having to go to overtime, and, you know, everybody has to play extra minutes, so that doesn't bode well. Um, Kansas, I would think, would be, if Washington doesn't play, maybe four or five, um yeah, Kentucky would have to be getting at least five for me to be interested in them. And uh, I probably would want Washington to be playing as well. You know, those, their guys had to play extra minutes last night, Kansas being a, a tough place. So, well, what am I talking about, though? Kansas just went double overtime the night That's before correct. that. So, why but, that out what I just But said. they are at home, and it's a day extra rest for them because that was Monday, not Tuesday, right. and they had the emotional scratch-and-claw game there in that one. This is great made-for-TV game, 6 Eastern time Saturday. Pay attention to Brian's social media and his picks on Vegas Insider on what he might weigh in on here with Kentucky in that game. Just before that, Baylor playing at 3 Central, 4 Eastern time in Tuscaloosa. What do we make of Alabama? So good at the beginning of the year and now floundering in the SEC, including blowing a game Tuesday night at winless Georgia in the SEC. Alabama's starting to come unraveled. Is Baylor going to roll them on Saturday, or, or might we see the Alabama team that beat Gonzaga in Seattle, that beat Houston earlier this year, that that, that seemed to be a, maybe a Final Four contender? What, which Alabama's showing up, and is Baylor maybe going to whack them in, in, uh, in Coleman Coliseum Saturday? Well, Baylor will definitely be favored. I won't. I don't think it'll be by much. And just the way that college kids are, you know, I, I think it's probably a good spot for Alabama. But they played so dumb last night. I mean, it's a two-point game with like a minute 30 or 40, and they fouled Georgia like 75 feet from the basket, and Georgia like was like barely missed a free throw uh, Tuesday night. And um, – and then the next possession, they commit a turnover, and it's a four-point game, but there's still like a minute 20 and change. You don't need to foul right there, and they foul 75 feet from the basket again. Right. And Georgia makes two free throws. All of a sudden, they're up six, and uh, it was couldn't recover from there. They, that team misses Herb Jones. They're not as good as last year, but like you said, I mean, they, they beat Gonzaga in Seattle, so they have immense talent. Um so I wouldn't be surprised. If they're catching four or five, I might be interested in them, but I faded Baylor Tuesday night and lost my butt because K-State has been playing really well. I've not lost by more than 13 all year, catching 14. So I don't know that I'm going to be in the mood to fade uh, Baylor again. But I, I, my hunch would be Alabama will play really well on Saturday, especially at home. Love this man's insight, and he doesn't lose his butt that often. He does, he does very well with all of his picks and all of his plays. Uh, again, Brian Edwards, tell them where they can find all of your great information, social media, sites, all of it, because there's a lot to keep track of, including the college basketball and heading to these conference championship games this weekend. Go ahead, promote away. Yeah, uh, my Twitter is at Vegas uh, B. Edwards. You can find all my picks on VegasInsider.com. I wrote uh, 
a little recap of those four thrillers and a look ahead uh, to this week's games on Major Wager. It's the title, it's titled Conference uh, Championship Game Set, and there's also all four potential lines for the the four potential matchups. Also wrote about that on uh, Major Wager, and you can check out those lines and totals from the Westgate. Superbook, thanks for having me. As always, TJ. And, hey, the Falcons and Bucks got better yesterday when Sean Payton testified. So there's that <laughs> bit of positive. Uh, uh, out of everything that happened. Yeah, well, I mean, but, uh, Tom Brady, Tom Brady's got to make a decision. Maybe it gets a little easier when he looks at the fact that the Saints maybe aren't the Saints anymore. And that's two more wins in the NFC South if they can go that way. We'll find out if that is the case. But, Let's see what happens. What's your hunch? What's I believe hunch, he's Tom back. Brady? I believe he is back so in this one. Uh, run it back one more time. Uh, in addition to the the la- like the last dance sequel, this is going to be it. He comes back. Gronkowski comes back. They say we're doing it one more time, and let's see what happens for the Buccaneers and the motivation yep. for this upcoming season. Uh, there's a lot of pieces in place for the Buccaneers, and and Tom Brady's still healthy. Arm arm still fantastic. There's a lot of compelling reasons. Doesn't want to lose. Doesn't want to go out as a loss to Matt Stafford at home in the playoffs if you can prevent it. Let's see. Let's see what he decides to do. I do love this guy, his insight. Look forward to much more about college basketball. No NFL next weekend with the weekend between the Super Bowl, uh, the championship games and the Super Bowl. So much more college basketball with Brian Edwards. I thank you for the time, the insight on the hoops, the insight on the Sunday NFL games. Brian, be well. Thanks, TJ. Have a good weekend. There he goes, Brian Edwards with me. As always, love his insight, and we'll see what happens with the basketball, in particular with the Lions getting out. You may now know those lines. Obviously, for Thursday's games, you do. The Lions will be out Friday afternoon for those SEC Big 12 Challenge games. Let's see what happens in particular with Kentucky and Kansas. Marquee matchup, 6 Eastern time, 5 local time at Fog Allen Fieldhouse in Uh, Kansas in Lawrence. Let's see what happens there. What I know is happening next is Jason Cole will be here. Hall of Fame voter. You'll hear him talking about that. You'll hear him talk more about the championship weekend. Bengals Chiefs upcoming. 49ers Rams in another rematch. Third meeting for those two for this year. Don't forget that my Buccaneers lost the first two games with the Saints and won the playoff game a year ago. That was on the road in New Orleans. Now the Rams have lost twice. To the 49ers, actually six straight times total, but they get them back at home in the third time this year in the playoffs at SoFi Stadium. Jason will talk all about that and much more as we roll on on Three Dog Thursday. Are you ready to win money and boost your odds? Well, WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, Tennessee, New Jersey, and Virginia. And we're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play with exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, sports, all of it, from the NBA to the NFL winding down to the NHL, golf starting up, MMA, WNBA, college basketball, and more. And WinBet is now beginning pre-registration for the state of Louisiana. Place a $10 bet, and regardless of the outcome, you'll get $250 in free bets when WinBet goes live in Louisiana. All other new customers, you have a chance to get $200 in free bets with that same $10 bet. Great promos, odds, payouts, everything happening right now at WinBet. For boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com. We're also brought to you in part by Manscaped, who's the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineering tools 
for the family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, the Performance Package, and you can join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. Get 20% off and free worldwide shipping. Use our promo code SGP at manscaped.com. And if the math is correct, that's about $8 million of balls with Manscaped. What's in the performance package that you ask? Well, it's arrived. It's a game changer. You'll find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair trimmer, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, the Crop Retriever Toner, performance boxer briefs, and even a travel bag to hold all of the goodies. Manscaped even is throwing in gifts, extra gifts in the performance package. The Manscaped boxers, the shed travel bag, bring your comfort and your boxers to the next level. It's time to take care of yourself. Go to manscaped.com, get 20% off, free shipping with the promo code SGP, and don't forget, we've got the performance package 4.0. Everything that I was talking about is in that performance package 4.0. It's all part of Manscaped, and use the promo code SGP. Hey, we're also brought to you in part by Stable Duel. There are never enough things to gamble on, and one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. And the best part is now there's a new way to play the ponies, especially if you're brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a daily fantasy style app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. Win as much as $15,000 with one entry. And this Saturday, they even have a $40,000 contest. If you don't know anything about horses, not to worry. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com. Multiple games are offered each day. Free games weekly at all tracks all over the United States. Get the app, create the account, start building your stable today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against other stables. You can even follow them on the app and compare your own stats to theirs. Download it now, StableDuel.com, and see how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner's circle. Play, race, win with Stable Duel. And we're brought to you in part by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. If you're not using PropSwap, you're just missing out. PropSwap is America's number one app to buy and sell those sports bets, and you can find the best odds in the country because you're buying directly from other bettors. Use our promo code SGP, and your first deposit from PropSwap will be doubled up to $500. Double the cash means double the odds. And if you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. Sellers across the country list their bets for sale and thousands of buyers visit PropSwap every day to find the best odds on futures, props, and parlay. Look, there's nothing more exciting than watching the NFL playoffs and last weekend PropSwap had its biggest weekend ever as bettors from across the country cashed in on Super Bowl futures. Like Zach from Colorado who sold a $100, 150-to-1 Bengals Super Bowl ticket for $1,500. Zach locked his profit in when he turned his $100 bet into $1,500 and the buyer got better odds than any sports book is giving right now with Cincinnati in the AFC title game. The average prop swapper makes $500 a month just buying and selling sports bets through PropSwap. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or just download the app 
in the Google Play or the Apple Store. Prop Swap, it's where America buys and sells sports bets. And a reminder, the SGPN app is right there live now in the App Store and the Google Play Store. This app gives you easy access to all of our picks, all of our podcasts, everything in the content from the SGPN family of shows and everything that's going on on the app. Don't forget, give us an app review. Download the SGPN app today in the App Store and the Google Play Store. Look for us. It's the SGPN app. The dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is TJ Reeves. Always love getting the knowledge from this man, been a national football writer and pro football Hall of Fame voter for years, for years. Uh, He has been through a lot and seen a lot in the National Football League, and I'm ready to talk with Jason Cole. You read him right now, weeklyfanbuzz.com, every Friday with the football column. Has written numerous books as well about the NFL. As I mentioned, the Pro Football Hall of Fame vote for 2022 is coming out soon too he participated in that process as well good to have you back on three dog thursday young man how are things i appreciate it uh things are wonderful sir and it's always good to be with you um i know things are not as uh, happy in tampa this year as a year ago but still generally better than uh most past years let's no doubt no doubt about that it came to a screeching dead bang halt with the rams and the win over the buccaneers derailing the hopes of a back-to-back championship just give me a quick thought uh, on that then we'll go to the broader point about all the crazy games but man for everything to have set up the way that it was going to set up apparently that if the bucks win they're hosting the nfc title game this weekend you got to credit the rams they they did what they had to do and the bucks didn't do what they had to do but that's me saying that what's your outside analysis of how Brady and the Buccaneers aren't playing this weekend and are done well I wasn't surprised I picked the Rams to win uh, because I just think the injuries got to be too great and the distractions got to be too great you know between Antonio and especially Godwin losing Godwin is a is a huge factor and there are other injuries in there as well so I'm not I wasn't shocked by it um I was shocked by the way that the Rams played to allow the game to be close, right? You know, four fumbles in that game and, and, you know, Sean McVay making a really bonehead decision to go shotgun in the fourth quarter on a first down play after you just get a fumble. I, I, you know, like it was unconscionable to me that you do that and sort of allow the game to, to stay close. Right. So from that perspective, I think the Bucks had a terrific season. I think they, to a certain extent, they overachieved even as champions because they overcame the injuries that they had. Uh, you know, going forward, everything is, and I'm sure we're about to talk about this, it's Brady, Brady, Brady. Um, and what's going to happen there and what's the transition going to look like. So I think your eyes are set forward now more than they are backward. We've been at this a long time. You read where I was going next. You've you've covered the end of quarterbacks like Dan Marino, John Elway, Brett Favre, on and on, Drew Brees a year ago, Peyton Manning before that. Does this Mm -hmm. smell like the end to Jason Cole? I'm curious on your valued opinion. Well, it smelled like the end for five years. Um, Look, we've all been guessing about when Brady's going to hang it up. (laughs) The man's 44. I mean, I I, kind of laugh at 
it's sort of the annual will he retire will you know will he not retire you know. <sighs> yeah it smells like he's gonna retire but it smelled like he was gonna retire for five years so i, I don't know I, I let's just say this um I, I always loved the line from scott osler the great columnist of the san francisco chronicle when michael jordan retired and he goes um michael jordan's done playing but i'm not done watching um, I'm not down watching Tom Brady play. It's a, it's a magnificent thing to, I mean, we're talking about a guy who's maybe the most valuable player, probably not, but could be the most valuable player um, playing at that kind of level. Like, can we keep going? Like, yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. But it's five, but he's five also thousand yards led the league in touchdowns, 13 win season, no physical drop off. I'm with you. And I think a lot of people are with you that it would be one thing if it was painful to watch him at the end and he physically couldn't do it. And it's obvious that is not the case, not even close here. Right. I mean, I I watched Marino at the end. That was scary. I remember watching Marino's final season. There was this very specific play against the New York jets where he couldn't react fast enough to the rush that was coming at him. And he did something very uncharacteristic. He did like a 360 degree turn and flung the ball out of bounds. And I just remember in my head, I was like, he's done. He's just done. His body is done. He can't do it anymore. And you know, Favre, when you watch Favre at the end, he was done. Breeze was done. Um, Manning was done. Right. Elway wasn't quite as bad as that. But his body was beat up. All those guys were physically done. I think it's with the question with Tom is does he have the motivation to still keep going? Does he really have the passion to keep going? If he doesn't, you know, hey, thank just say thank you. That's just say thank you and let's let's move on. I, I'm I'm fearful of what the quarterback era is going to look like here in the next five years, but there'll be other kids to come along and play the position. We'll be okay. Yep. Love that. Love this man, Jason Cole and his insight uh, again uh, does a great job writing about the NFL, but also talking about the NFL has been doing so for the better part now of about four decades. Uh, love his uh, love his wisdom on all this. Okay. So perfect setup. Uh, we have seen a lot of crazy NFL playoff finishes, maybe even a couple of them in the same weekend. I cannot ever recall, Mighty One, four of them like that. Is there any other reference? Because you've had a couple days to go through this, along with a lot of others going through it. Can you remember anything like what we just saw with the dramatic wins by Cincinnati, San Francisco, the Rams, and then how in the world did Kansas City Houdini that game away from Buffalo? All four games. What about it? I have never seen where there's four walk-offs. These were all walk-off wins, right? Last play ends the game. There are no kneel downs. There's no victory formation. There's no, there's none of that tidying up the clock. None of that existed. Okay. (laughs) Three of them were field goals, and field goals are not necessarily the most Right. By the way, all four ended with a field goal on the last play of the game. Three of them for the win, one of them to force overtime. I don't know what the odds are on that happening either. Field goal, no time left, all four. I mean, look, the the games are closer than ever, but no, it's never happened. So, yeah, for four walk-offs and four games where regulation ended in, in 
you know, on a field goal. No, this is look. All I can say is, if I'm Roger Goodell after last weekend, like I've got this smile like from here to here, right? Because my product is as hot as it's ever been, right? Like the, the, it doesn't get any better than that. And every media company in the world wants a slice of what I got, right? And, and they already did before. It's just more and more. It, the worth and value of that has just increased again, if that's even possible. So yeah, yeah it was fantastic for the NFL. It's, it was fantastic to watch. I was, you know, fortunate to watch all four of those games and have, you know, have a great time watching them like everybody else did. So, God, this is this is why this is why you watch sports. Yep, the ultimate reality show. That's for sure. For sure. A few minutes left. Jason Cole with me. Uh, you find him at Jason Cole sixty two on Twitter. By the way, FanBuzz.com is where the Friday column is every week. Um, okay. So coaching carousel going on. I use this disclaimer. Whenever we're taping these interviews, there could be hires at any time here. Jason and I don't know the hires, but the Denver Broncos have an opening. And as somebody mm -hmm. that has written about John Elway with a biography, et cetera, they have an uncertain ownership situation as well. They have another help wanted sign in the window for a head coach. What's going on in Denver and can they get it rectified uh, including with the sale of the team. And does that, does that further muddy the Broncos trying to turn it around and be the Broncos that we saw win the Super Bowl in the last 10 years that went, that won it a couple times back to back with Elway have been one of the most successful franchises in pro football for 40 or 50 years. Can they become the Broncos again? What's your, what's your read on that just real quick, because you've been analyzing it and writing about it. Well, if I was, if I was a head coach or a candidate to be the head coach, and I went there, I would say, look, I know I'm going to interview with the GM. I know I'm going to interview with certain people, but I need private time with two specific people. Um, one would be John Elway. The other would be with Joe Ellis, who's the head of the trustees, the, pre you know, the president of the team. Mm -hmm. And I would have a very frank question for them. I said, who's going to be owning this team? I'll keep it to myself. Um, but I would look, especially at Elway knowing the connections that he has and the desire that he has to be the owner and say, who am I ultimately going to be working for? Because I don't want to sign a contract with somebody. I don't know who that person is. I want this job. I like this job. I like the tools you have on offense. If I'm Nathaniel Hackett uh, from Green Bay, I'm probably selling my connection to Aaron Rodgers and the hope that Aaron Rodgers looks back at what happened this last weekend and says, I can't work for Matt LaFleur anymore or the Packers and say, I can't, you know, I can't waste my career with a coach who's not prepared. I'm going to go somewhere else. And if I'm Nathaniel Hackett, it's like, Hey, Aaron, we know each other. You see the tools you have in Denver. Let's do this. Right. That would be my big selling point, but I got to know that I have an owner who's going to be on board with that. Who's going to be on board with me. Is going to be comfortable with me. And Elway would be the guy who knew. And look, Joe Ellis knows. Joe Ellis knows how this is going to go because Joe Ellis is going to want to be empowered and have a job in all of this. Um, and so he wants a clear, golden parachute as well. I know what you're talking about, but so we're clear. Ellis is essentially running the trust 
for mm-hmm. Pat Bolin, the late owner, and has there a large yeah. say so. Right. Yeah, and has a large say so with the other trustees on who's going to own the team. That's who we're talking about. Continue. Yes, Joe Ellis is the president of the team, and he's the one of the three trustees, and they have the power to basically get something for themselves. So who are they going to get something for themselves? You know, how, who, who's going to give them that something for themselves to take care of them? I, you know, like that's going to line up in the, in this process. And as a coach, as, as a coach or as an agent for that coach, I would say this is the conversation you have to have about what's going to happen with this team. And so it's a, it's pretty high level stuff. Most of the time, you know, you're talking to that owner, you're talking to that team president, you're talking to that general manager, you're talking to other staff members and saying, okay, how, how does this organization run? This is very different, but it's still a great place to work. And offensively, they have tools. They just don't have a quarterback. Even defensively, they have tools. They just don't have a quarterback to, to run it right now, at least not one that's going to automatically make you a championship contender. And that's ironic, again, because what they had before was Peyton Manning recently, John Elway for so many years before that. Let's Mm -hmm. see if they can get that part uh, fixed. Okay, two more. You're a Hall of Fame voter. You guys have done the process again in these COVID crazy times virtually. It's unusual Mm -hmm. because normally it's done in a meeting on the day before the Super Bowl is played. It's already been done. Just elaborate. You guys don't even know. You're not going to know, but you've had your discussions and you've put your individual votes in, if I understand it correctly. Jason, clear it all up. Yeah, we got down to five guys. So I think that's a pretty good idea who who the slate is. I mean, some of those guys could have come up short. Um, and, and just so you know, I, I don't think we're ever going to go back to the traditional Saturday vote because – NFL Honors Program was now on Thursday. That mm-hmm. television show that they were doing a Saturday night, they moved that to Thursday to try and increase ratings for that show and to introduce the Hall of Famers there. So I think that this is how it's going to be done from now on because they want to do all the prep time to get those guys there and, and to do all the other um, you know, video presentations that they want to do for that. It's, you know... It, it, it's become more complicated as, as money has gotten more involved, which is does fine. That, that doesn't does bother. that disappoint you that the system that you no. guys had for so many years won't be that way? Or is in some ways, is it going to maybe make it better? What's your opinion on that? Uh, I, I don't think it makes it better, but I also don't think it's appreciably worse. Um, the, the only thing disappointing is, is on a personal level, I like being in that room with all those other writers who mm-hmm. you talk to. So but that's that's about me. That's not about the process. For the, as far as the process, I mean, the process is fine. Um, you know, so I, I'm not disappointed. I'm not disappointed in that at, at, at all, right? So, um, leaving myself out of it, it's fine. It's good. Uh, I hope that people are able to keep this secret uh, until that Thursday, um, and you hope that information doesn't leak out. Sometimes it does, you know, accidents happen. Um, but that's it. That would be the only concern. Like when it was immediate, when it was on Saturday, you were pretty sure that things were going to stay secret until, for the most part, until, you know, later in the day. So that's That would be my only my concern. And it certainly is the Hall of Fame's concern. 
No doubt. You got to go in a moment. So do we. I appreciate your time as always. Uh, this is mm -hmm. an underdog podcast. The Bengals decided underdog at Kansas City. Here we go again with San Francisco. That's been an underdog, I think, for like the last 10 weeks. Okay, I'm exaggerating. It's certainly been since the last few weeks. They're back playing the Rams as the underdog again in Los Angeles. Do you like one or both of their chances Bengals and 49ers maybe you like neither of their chances and you think this is Kansas City LA give me give me something here mighty one no, I like I, I think I like both underdogs the chances um I'm not picking them mm -hmm. um because let's let's start with um Cincinnati and and Kansas City right so yes Cincinnati beat them uh on January 2nd uh, dramatic game came down to the last play, blah blah blah. Right, you know, basically what we saw this last weekend incredible game. But if you really watched that game, and I did, Kansas City dominated the first half of that game and then just fell asleep in the second half. And, the, and Kansas City does that a lot. I also think that Patrick Mahomes, when he plays against other quarterbacks who people are talking about are as great as him or could be better than him. That amps him up, especially the first time. Like I always remember coming back after they won the title. And then the next year they opened up against Baltimore and Lamar Jackson had just been the MVP of the league. And Patrick Mahomes goes in there and goes, Oh, you guys all are talking about Lamar Jackson. Watch this. And they just destroyed them. Right. And there was, you know, another game earlier this season that was similar to that. And he was doing that to Joe Burrow in, in the game against Cincinnati, you know, on January 2nd. And then, again, fell asleep a little bit. Fell asleep at the wheel. Game got out of control. This last weekend, it was Josh Allen, who everybody said, he's going to go into Kansas City and he's going to, you know, he's going to steal their lunch. Well, Patrick Mahomes didn't allow that to happen. I think this game, based on the fact that they lost earlier this month, Patrick Mahomes is going to be really amped for this game. And while Cincinnati still has a chance because Kansas City can't cover anybody right now, <laughs> and um, and Jamar Chase is the truth, and Joe Burrow is really good, you know, Cincinnati certainly has, has a shot. I think their problem is that they beat, they beat them earlier this month, and now Patrick Mahomes is feeling like he's got to prove something, and that'll amp him for the entire game. That's so... That's why I'm picking Kansas City. It's a mental thing. I know everybody's going to go, oh, the yards, this, this, and that. All right, Cincinnati's right in there as far as all the statistical evaluations you can do. Their problem is they can't pass protect, and they get, they're get they getting angry in Mahomes. So problem for them. Over on the other side, look, Rams 49ers. 49ers put together this incredible comeback in the second half of that game. They were down 17 at half. Shouldn't have won that game. Again, an example of the Rams being sloppy, which concerns me because they've been sloppy a lot. They should have they should have just hammered the Bucks. They should have put up 40 points in that game. It should have been 40 to 20, 40 to 21 or something like that in that game. It was not. Um, but the Rams are also playing really good football most of the time, right? Like they made a lot of big plays and I just think that as good as the 49ers defense is, that the combination of the Rams playing really good offense and then putting pressure under Jimmy Garoppolo to make a lot of big plays is asking a lot. 
Jimmy Garoppolo the last two weeks has thrown a couple of really ugly looking interceptions and missed on some passes. He's played more like Jimmy Garoppolo. Now I'll go again, back to that game season finale in Los Angeles. Yes. Jimmy Garoppolo was terrific, Yeah, but that's the except that was the exception. That's not the rule with Jimmy Garoppolo. The rule with Jimmy Garoppolo is you get a mistake here. You get a mistake there. Things change. Uh, and the real question is, they've beaten them six times in a row. The score does start 0-0 on Sunday. But does the doubt get in the Rams' head if this is close and or San Francisco is winning, that here we go again with these guys? We won't know that till Sunday. We'll find out. Uh, it would be incredible to contemplate that down the stretch of the season, the Bengals would – or the uh, 49ers would have beaten – the Bengals would have beaten the Rams in L.A., the the Cowboys in Dallas, the Packers in Green Bay, and the Rams again in L.A. just to get to the Super Bowl and try to yes. win it. It would be amazing if that could happen, but sometimes the magic, and you know this, Jason, just runs out. And maybe that is this week, and the Rams are about to do what the Buccaneers did, and that is host a Super Bowl in their stadium, which would be – uh, incredible if it does i always love the inside i know you've got to go fanbuzz.com yes, correct with the friday column coming out this week exactly. you're have more on aaron Rodgers and the playoffs right coming this week absolutely it'll be a fun column always love the insight and it's elway a relentless life wherever you get books amazon.com etc if you want to read more about elway and his great career and all that's in it we plug that whenever jason is here and the hall of fame vote will be revealed the week of the super bowl jason a hall of fame a hall of fame voter and a hall of fame guy uh, to be with me here on Three Daughter Thursday. Hey, thank you. Good luck with all the projects and the endeavors. I always appreciate you coming on. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. TJ, we'll talk to you later. Be good. And there we go. That will do it for this edition of Three Dog Thursday. Love the insight of Jason Cole one more time. Also back at the beginning of the show, Brian Edwards uh, from MajorWager.com and Vegas Insider. Brian, again, loves the Bengals. I, I just cannot get my arms around the Chiefs. have won eight straight at home, have covered in seven of those eight. Uh, after the magic of last week, which was even a cover last week against the Buffalo Bills. A heartbreaker if you had the Bills and the points for Three Dog Thursday purposes and otherwise. I like Kansas City. I like the L.A. Rams. I think San Francisco's run comes to a, an end. Uh, again, they have done an amazing job just to play their way into the playoffs with those late season wins against the likes of Cincinnati and Houston and then eventually beating the Rams head-to-head on the final day in overtime and a great comeback. Great wins in Dallas and in Green Bay. I just think the magic ends here. I think Stafford is ready. I think McVay will have the game plan with the weapons they have. Odell Beckham, I saw him at field level. He looks great. Vaughn Miller terrorizing uh, the Buccaneers last week. I know the Buck offensive line was banged up, but Vaughn Miller didn't mi- matter if he lined up on the left side or the right side of the line. He was making plays. I think this is Kansas City and the L.A. Rams at SoFi Stadium for Super Bowl 56, and that's how it will play out with the uh, Rams becoming the latest team to beat a team uh, after having lost to them twice in the regular season. It is tough to beat a team three times in one season uh, it, it has it, it has been the case recently the teams have done it three times in one season, but you go back to the Eli New York Giants that upset the Cowboys who were trying to beat them three times in a season, and they won the Super Bowl, and the Brady Buccaneers last year, the Saints were going for the third win. Brady and the Bucks got them on the road and went on to win the Super Bowl. I think the Rams do it at home here with San Francisco and their magic runs out. 
There we go. And we got the college basketball this weekend as well. Look forward to all of the games and all of the action. This will become much more of a college basketball show, obviously, starting next week. There are no NFL games next week. I don't consider the Pro Bowl to be an NFL game. Super Bowl 56 in a couple of weeks. By this time next week, we will know the participants, and we look forward to that. Many thanks. For all of you finding us, however you did so, social media links, Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Follow us, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Thousands and thousands and thousands of you have been finding us every week on uh, the Sports Gambling Podcast, the network of shows, and the website, and through subscribing. Keep doing it. We're out on Thursday. We stay relevant for the weekend. We're here every week. We'll be here for the duration of the NFL with the Super Bowl and the college basketball, too. All of that is upcoming. That is in front of us. Let's see what happens. My thanks again to Brian Edwards, MajorWager.com, Vegas Insider, Jason Cole, National Football Writer, Pro Football Hall of Fame Voter, FanBuzz.com for his Friday football columns as we head towards the Hall of Fame vote in the Super Bowl. All great stuff. I'm TJ Reeves. Thank you for being with me. Keep it locked in here for the underdogs and the predictions on Three Dog Thursday. Woof, woof. 